My question is on this day, how do we limit the abundance of God? How do we limit the abundance of God? Because I think oftentimes it is easier for us to place blame, to point the fingers rather than to extend the hand, to help those that need to be helped, to help others experience the abundance that we have known. This morning as I was on my way to an interview at a news station, I passed by the homeless camp, one of them off of the Spur 529, and they had put three crosses in the ground with a sign that said, we are forgiven. It really struck me because they were helping to convey what we were hoping to convey. The cross is always inclusive. There is no division about who gets what and who doesn't. Everybody belongs. How do we limit the abundance of God for the homeless? or the migrants, or the refugees, or the poor? How do we limit the abundance of God for those who have different political ideologies than we do? For those who have different theological and ecclesiastical interpretations than we do? How do we limit the abundance of God for those who are homosexual? for those friends who have hurt us, for those family members who are estranged from us. For those of you that were here last night, you heard me say that this is the instruction manual. This is the path. What we celebrate these three days, starting last night, continuing through today, and on to tomorrow and Sunday. At its most basic level, what we learned from last night, the Last Supper and the washing of the feet, is that the love of God and the love of neighbor are not really two commands, but one. That our service to one another breaks down the scarcity mentalities that usually drive our decisions and actions. Our service to each other challenges us it challenges the competitive mindset and upsets our imposed pecking orders. And the service that flows from our encounter with God in the sacraments and in each other reminds us that we will always have enough because the wellspring will never be exhausted. But service isn't simply a decision. Today reminds us that service, in God's name, is a sacrifice. Because this isn't just doing some random act of kindness, though that can be part of it. The service to which we are called, the communion that we share, requires that we be stretched, that we be made uncomfortable. It will require, in fact, everything if we take it seriously.
it requires this. Because this is the death of our ego. But death gives way to life. And emptiness allows for an abundance. The more of yourself that you allow to be carved away, the more abundant you allow God to be. Conversely, if we hold on to our life, if we try to control the outcomes, if our decisions are concerned with what if, when we make judgment about who and what is good enough, then we limit God. I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with people who want the abundance of God, but doubt whether it will be enough. It's a valid concern, not because of God, though, because only you can adequately answer that question. Is God's grace enough to overcome your sins, your past, your temptations? Is God's grace enough to heal us from our woundedness, to heal the division that is in our society? This tells you how far God will go. And it's not even that we have to do anything. We simply have to let it be done. We have to stop limiting God and allow for the abundance to overwhelm us. How are we limiting the abundance of God? My friends, that is the question of today. And if you find this question provocative, but aren't sure how to go about correcting this, then perhaps, if I may humbly suggest, it begins with our own expectations about what our life with God is supposed to look like. Because I, I know from my many conversations, when people talk about their life with God, they often speak of it with a bit of nostalgia. We remember of a different time when we were younger, perhaps, before the mistakes were made, before the cynicism set in, before life became so demanding. But God never asks us to go backwards. So tell me what you think holiness looks like in your life today. You know, without the expectation that you feel like it should be better. Because guilt is really a clever way of limiting God's abundance. Guilt, especially, you know, that good Catholic guilt, is a wonderful way of thinking that we are living for God without actually giving up any of the control that God is asking. So what does holiness look like in your life today? Not the postcard, halo-wearing, with hands pressed together, looking up at the heavens kind of holy, but the living in the world and caring for those around us and seeing God in all of creation kind of holy. Because if you are here today, then I promise you, you are not as far away from God as you might imagine. If you are here, 
then know that you are exactly where you belong. The question now is this, wherever you are and why ever you are here, where you want to stay. Death is only the beginning, for we are called to live anew. That, however, is the story for another day, beginning tomorrow. <laughs>